with it for tonight, but just to bring some context uh, mm. into how we ended up here together, uh, Dave and I have been so honoured to be pastoring the Canberra congregation online uh, during their lockdown. They're not in lockdown anymore and we've been able to go down, which is fantastic. But for 12 weeks, we were online. And so we had a bit of a preaching roster going on and I knew my turn was coming up and I felt like the Lord put something on my heart. And so as you do, I was talking to Dave about it. And as I was discussing it with it, discussing it with him, he was like, oh, that's been on my heart too. And, yep. and we just kept talking, getting more and more excited. And we're like, hey, let's just do this together. Like, how two, cool Two are that? better than one, right? Two, two so. are better than one. So that's what we're going to do. So we preached this for Canberra and, you know, it really blessed us preaching it. So we hope it's going to bless you tonight. So we are going to be speaking on faith. I just don't think you can ever get enough messages on faith. It's always needed. It's always relevant. You can't outdo it. (laughs) We always need a reminder of how to walk in faith. And specifically, we're going to be talking about three different types of faith that we see throughout the Bible in three different characters and by characters, real people (laughs) in their lives. And what we're going to do, just to give you a bit of structure, is we're going to (laughs) go... From the top, and we're going to go one, two, three, and then we're going to stop, and we're going to go right back to the top, and we're going to share some personal testimonies of when we found ourselves in some of these situations and how faithful God has been to us. So in saying that, let me introduce you to the first type of faith or first character, and this is what we call a warrior. And what I mean by warrior is not the New Zealand warriors. You know, they're amazing. You know, when I'm watching the footy, Right, and they're doing the haka. I get worried in my seat watching them. <laughs> they are absolutely extraordinary. So I'm not talking about the New Zealand warriors. I'm talking about somebody who has a constant cycle of thoughts. You know, a continue, continual commentary, if you will, of thoughts that kind of, you know, plague us or worry us, right? And the story of the talents, it demonstrates this so well. So if you don't know the story, I'll just give you a little bit of the story, and then I'm going to read from the passage. So there is a master... And he has servants. And so what he said, he says, come to, come to me. I want to give you my talents because I am going on a big journey. And when he went on that journey, right, he came back and he wanted to know what his servants had done with the talents. Well, first of all, I'll, I'll rewind a bit. He gave one servant five talents, another servant two talents, and one servant one talent. So he came back from his journey being away and he wanted to know what happened with the talents that he had given his servants. So the first servant said, I've got great news. I had five talents. I invested them and now I have 10. And he praised that servant and said, you are faithful and you'll be given more responsibility because you did what I wanted you to do with the talents I gave you. The second servant with the two talents also was faithful, invested the talents came back and and brought two more. So he went from two to four. The last servant, it wasn't so. He took his talent and he did something different with it. And the master was not pleased. And I just want to read from Matthew 25, 24, and we'll just pick it up from there. It says, Then he who had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. And listen to this. And I was afraid and went and hid your talent in the ground. Look, there you have it. What is yours? But his Lord answered and said to him, you wicked and lazy servant, you knew what I reap, 
sorry, you knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. So you ought to have deposited my money with the bankers and at my coming, I would have received back my own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to him who has the 10 talents. Whoop. This is an amazing demonstration of a warrior, right? The first character, he illustrates somebody who, you know, because of the fear that he felt towards his master, he began to worry about what was to come and he hid his talent because of fear. You know, the negative outcome obviously was that the master was not pleased and took the very talent from him and said, I'm going to give it to the guy who has been faithful with the talents, who has gone from five to ten. So this is the outcome. You know, if you've ever lived in fear, you know that it can often, well, it definitely in my case, it can paralyze you. You know, instead of you being somebody that is moving forward and having the call of God and doing what God has called you to do, you become paralyzed. It causes you to hide away. It causes you to retract. And ultimately what it does is it disqualifies us from what we are called to do. So the first character, I want to introduce you to him or her, they are the warrior. Mm -hmm. Amen. Alrighty, well, going straight into number two. The second example, the second character that we see in the Bible who demonstrates a type of faith or like as Dave was saying, maybe a lack of faith is Thomas. Now, Thomas has a really bad rap. Like he gets such a bad rap all the time. We all refer to Thomas as Doubting Thomas. The truth is Thomas was a great guy. He loved God and I personally am really grateful for the account of Thomas in the Bible because I have been Thomas so many times where I have found myself in that position of doubting. Um, But for the sake of this point, we are going to refer to him as Doubting Thomas and we're going to read from the uh, account of John chapter 20 verse 24 and it says, Now Thomas called the twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. The other disciples therefore said to him, we have seen the Lord. So he said to them, unless I see his hands, the print of the nails and put my finger into the print of the nails and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. And after eight days, his disciples were again inside and Thomas with them. This time he was with them. Jesus came, the doors being shut and stood in the midst and said, peace to you. Then he said to Thomas, reach your finger here and look at my hands and reach your hand here and put it into my side. Do not be unbelieving, but believing. And Thomas answered and said to him, my Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Thomas, he walked with Jesus. He saw with his own eyes the miracles of Jesus. He saw Jesus walk on water. He saw Jesus feed 5,000 people from just a few fish and bread. He he saw Jesus heal the sick and raise the dead. He saw it with his eyes. But he also saw Jesus crucified. And he saw Jesus die. He saw that with his eyes. And Thomas was coming from a place of what he could see. He wasn't walking by faith. He walked by sight. And even though he had walked with Jesus and seen these amazing things, he saw his death and crucifixion. And personally, this is just a thought, I personally think he was quite traumatised. And I think he was quite 
destroyed because he loved Jesus so much. And because of what he saw, he doubted God's promises. He doubted that Jesus was raised from the dead because of what he saw. So Thomas was a doubter and that is a lack of faith. And, you know, we're illustrating characters in the Bible that were real characters that dealt with fear, dealt with worry, dealt with doubt. But what we want to definitely highlight is the fact that we, you know, living life for long enough have dealt with worry, fear, and doubt ourselves. And so this is why, you know, we want to bring them to light because I'm pretty sure if, you don't have to have a show of hands, but we've all at some point dealt with these different situations, these different states, you know, of fear or doubt in our life. But the third character, and this is who we want to speak about. This is where we want to get to, okay? And this is the, the character that, you know, sometimes God will allow us, you know, to, to go through different seasons, but then he'll show us and walk us through with grace and lead us into the character that he wants us to be. And that is the character of the believer. And this is one who holds onto the truth of the word of God, regardless of the times that we're living in. That's it. You know, it's, it's not hard to be plagued by, uh, you know, thoughts of, you know, um, doom and gloom and, and, and really, you know, thinking about how everything's not going great and stuff when, you know, all that we hear and see is it surrounds us, right? But this is somebody who holds on to the truth of the Word of God regardless of what is happening around them. You know, and who better to illustrate the believer than Paul, the Apostle Paul himself? In Philippians 1.21 it says this, For me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. Now, I love that scripture because there's two parts. The first one is for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Often as Christians, we do you know, focus upon the eternal hope that we have, which is heaven, and praise the Lord that we have that hope, right? It's a wonderful thing to know that one day we're going to be in the presence of God with all the worries gone and all the problems gone, and we're going to be with God. But I love this focus on this scripture. It says, To live is Christ. He saw his living as Christ. He was focused on the living, right? He wasn't just focused on the, you know, the future and what is to come. He was focused on the here and the now. Because that's what, you know, God has appointments for us right here, right now. If my thought process is over there, right, I may miss what he has for me right here and right now. So he was focused on that. He had the opportunity, and Joe's going to share this, he had the opportunity, if anybody, to worry. Believe me, if anybody had the opportunity to worry, it was Paul. He had the opportunity to, to doubt. That was definitely something that he could have, it could have, you know, counted him out. It could have caused him to stop being a believer. But he chose to be a believer. Amen. So like Dave just said, Paul, out of everybody, had many opportunities to be a warrior. I feel like the word warrior is better if you have an American accent. (laughs) Warrior. He was a warrior. We often but debate actually <laughs> warrior. Words. Let's just say that Paul had every opportunity to worry, okay, yeah. if he wanted to. Paul received prophecies about his future. He received words of knowledge. They told him, if you go to Jerusalem, you're going to have your hands bound in front of you. Yep. You're going to be dragged this way and, and this is going to happen to you. If Paul wanted to, he could have been, like Dave said, living in the future. Oh, God, what's in store for me? Oh, Lord, I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know if I can do this. But he didn't. That's why he said. Excuse me. For me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Yep. I'm not worried 
Either way, I'm not worried, but I'm living. I am living for Christ. Yes. Paul could have been a doubter. Yep. Let's not forget that Paul had a past. Before Paul was Paul, Paul was Saul. We know that. And Saul, you know, he had his problems. Paul, uh, Saul persecuted the church. Stephen was martyred with a tick of approval from Saul. Paul could have said to himself, how could God forgive me? How can I truly believe that God would forgive me, let alone use me to bring the gospel to the Gentiles? How could I? He could have doubted that, but he didn't. He believed. He believed in the power of the blood of Jesus and the redemption of Jesus and the forgiveness of his sins. Paul was a believer. Yeah, I love that, you know, the point you made. So there's, there's two different situations here. Right there's the warrior, and the warrior is, as I said, future focused. Right, their mind is over there, and then she spoke about the doubter, and that is caused by the past. So that's living over there, right? And again, I'm making that point because it's it's so important in terms of application. What do we do from here? We focus on the here and the now, because we're not over there. Right, We're going over there eventually, but right now I need to be here and I'm not over there in the, my past. And glory to God for that because Amen. he forgave us and he's given us you know, a new start. Praise God that we're in the here and now. So we spoke about the warrior, the story of the talents, right, bringing that to life. We spoke about the doubter, the account of Thomas. And then we spoke about the believer, where we want to get to, which is the story of Paul. Now let's relate it a little bit to our life, right? Because, you know, let's let, let the church in a little bit on, you know, our journey. And I remember, you know, the whole first one, the warrior, I was 29 years old. And, and I've shared this with some people, others maybe not. But I'll share very quickly that at 29 years old, you know, from a very, you know, confident young guy, kind of thinking I could take on the world, you know, pack on more stuff on my life. I've got this. I'm good. Right, I went from that place to, you know, rock bottom. And Joe can, you know, remember that that time. It was pretty hard for us as a family because I went from there to there. And I started to deal with, you know, a thing called anxiety. And actually anxiety on that, that is future-focused fear thoughts, right? So that's living over there, right? So I started to deal with that. And then from that, it went to a bout of depression, which was, you know, I'm not here to focus upon that, but it was, it was tough. And I went from that place of Knowing everything, thinking I've got everything under control to knowing nothing. But here's what I want to say, right? The very thing that brought me out of that season from the warrior, from the guy who began to fear for the first time in his life, I never feared before that, never. You know, jump off a big rock into the water, that's fine, I got this. I had my son Joseph, you know, I'm a father for the first time, I don't fear that, I got this, right? And then suddenly, completely undone. But the thing that got me through that season, and this is what we want to always give glory and testify of, is God's Word, right? It, it became so relevant and so real to me. It was no longer just a, a book that I've heard all my life, you know, at church, under my parents, you know, under mom and dad. It became very, very important in that moment to be able to cling on to God's Word and His truth. You know, I know Psalm 91 is a passage that we read over our family. There's one, a couple of verses there that says, No evil shall be for me, no plague comes near my dwelling. Right? My dwelling is my temple. This is who I am. No evil shall be for me, no plague comes near my dwelling. And although I would speak it and believe it as a believer, sometimes that commentary, you know, it continued. And it wouldn't necessarily stop. 
but you know, highlighting the, the attributes of a believer, they don't necessarily always feel like being a believer, but they step into that faith realm where they go, you know what, I am a believer because I'm clinging on to truth that will not fail. Truth that will stand forever, right? So, and the other one, one of the other passages that was so relevant was, nobody can snatch me out of the palm of God's hand. You know, and when I would say that to myself, right, in their moments, right, from, from that fear and that worry, my heart would take courage in God's truth and His Word. So that's a little bit of, you know, our journey. Amen. And I can testify to everything he just said because I was there. <laughs> <clears throat> Excuse me. So I have a, a very similar testimony in regards to clinging on to the Word of God for everything I'm worth. Like my life, my whole life depended on it. And uh, that is in the area of having babies. We've, we've got five of them, praise the Lord. And, you know, that's a very vulnerable thing when you bring a, a new life into the world. That is just on your best day, it's the most vulnerable yes. situation. <laughs> and one of my babies, <clears throat> I'm really sorry for my throat. One of my babies, textbook pregnancy, good delivery, uh, baby's born. Oh, thank you. That's teamwork right there. Too. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, baby's born and Dave and I, are, we're holding this perfect baby in our arms. We've, we've got praise and worship music on in the hospital. We're praising God. We're just, God, you're just amazing. Thank you for this perfect life. And we're so grateful. And in walks the doctor. And the doctor says, listen, we're sorry, but we need to let you know. We've done some checks and we've double-checked things and we just think that it, it's possible that your child maybe has this certain condition. And um, you might not know until they're a bit older and, you know, you can do this blood test and this blood test and blah, 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 blah. And all of a sudden, I went from looking at this perfect baby and, yeah. and praising God to hearing the words of this doctor and seeing every possible thing that could be wrong with my child. Every single thing, is that right? Oh, is, is that meant to happen? I, th- yeah. I don't know if the other one's had that. Is that meant? And suddenly doubting the goodness and the faithfulness that I know to be true. Yeah. You know, no evil shall before us, no plague comes near our dwelling. But I was doubting. Yeah. I was doubting. And often, you know, in the area of doubt, when you walk through that valley of doubt, and you come through the other side, you remember that God is with you and was with you and is so yeah. faithful. But every time I found myself in that valley, I seemed to forget. I seem to forget that God is right there with me. But what Dave and I did was we took the word of God. We took the word of God and we daily, daily renewed our minds, spoke scripture, spoke the promises of God, spoke health and wholeness, spoke healing over this child every single day to the point of when the time came that we would know if everything would be okay, we already knew that yeah. everything was okay yeah. because our spirit was in line with the word of Amen. God and we knew his promises to, true, to be true. So we went from this place of doubt to this place of believing through the word of God. Amen. And, you know, sometimes, you know, the Bible says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes uh, it goes beyond a daily thing. It might be multiple times a day, you know, that you're reminding yourself of the truth of God's word. Multiple times, Lord, no, no, what do you say? Not what's going on in my head, not the circulation of thoughts. No, what do you say, Lord? So in saying that, where we want to park for the rest of the the word is, let's talk about, Joe, the third type of faith, the believer. Let's go there. Amen. Well, how do we apply Scripture, like what can we do with the Word of God to help us stay in that position of believer? How do we not jump to warrior or go back to doubt? How do we stay at believer? 
Well, for Dave and I personally, our life scripture is Matthew 6, chapter 9. And as Christians, it really should be all of our life scripture, what we stand upon every single day, because it's the Lord's Prayer. And it's what Jesus told us to pray. And he says, in this manner, therefore pray, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now, as a believer, every time you turn on the news and you see something that is just horrible, which every day that will happen to you when you turn the news on, let that be a trigger for you to say, Lord, let your kingdom come and let your will be done on the earth as it is in heaven. Guess what, church? Kingdoms rise, kingdoms fall. Bad guys come, bad guys go, but the word of God remains. And even if things look like they're falling apart, I'm not living by what I see or what I hear. I live by the word of God. And from Jesus, from his own words, he says, pray, Lord, that your will would be done on the earth as it is in heaven. Jesus, he instructed us, this is how you pray. This is not a suggestion. That's right. This is is how you pray. Model your prayer after how I pray. And he says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You know, we wear these cool little, um, you know, uh, bracelet things with WWJD and, we, you know, what would Jesus do? Well, this is what Jesus That's did. Right. He prayed, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You know, what does that look like? I'll tell you what that looks like. That looks like a family, parents loving each other, Amen. kids fearing God. That, that, that looks like a school system that has Christian policies, Amen. you know, coming Amen. through it. That, that is the normal. It's not, you know, we, we're kind of battling with these kind of policies in the background trying to come through. No, 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 no. We have, we have Christian values Amen. in our nation. That's what the kingdom of heaven looks like Amen. on earth. And I just love that Jesus, if he prayed it, right, that was his will. We need to align ourselves with what he wants to do on this earth, right? And, and every time we, like as Joe said it wonderfully, it's a trigger, right? Don't let the, the things that are happening around you, don't let that trigger you into a place of, of, of downness and, you know, uh, this world, I'm going to get the heck out of here and blah, blah, blah. No, no, no. He needs you to be in the here and now. Amen. He needs to mobilize his church. You are his mouthpiece. You are his hands. You are his feet. You know, it's until we get a revelation that you are Jesus walking into your workplace, right? We will continue to be in the same state that we are in at the moment. Grab this. Grab this revelation because God wants you to understand that, you know, through you, his kingdom will come. Through Through your testimony, through your witness. Amen. Amen. So we do get a little bit excited because, I mean, I won't say sorry, because this is the most important part of living, you know. And so Joe and my, uh, uh, you know, our encouragement to you is, you know, as human beings, we do, but we go below the line. I'll call it below the line. And that below the line is the place of fear and it's the place of worry. Let's be honest, we're human beings, you know, we're not bulletproof. Sometimes we have them emotions and then feelings that overcome us. But in that place, just be reminded that God's word, which was true yesterday, is Amen. true today and will be true, will be true forever. Amen. Take a hold of that, right? Because these things that we see, although they're bad, they're temporary. That's right. They are temporary. 
But God's word remains, right? And so remind yourself that, you know, when you're in that place of worry and that doubt, Lord, what is your word saying? Let me align myself with what your will is on this earth. Amen? Amen. God bless you, church. I hope that can encourage you. And um, let's just apply that this week, eh? Amen. 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 Awesome.